Lads, welcome again to It's Not A Man's World podcast here for a second season. We're your podcast that explores how men deal with relationships in the modern world, from that initial message of hello to developing a blossoming romance, all the way down to the times of sheer lust and desire. The voices you'll hear come from, let's say, different measurements of the love thermometer. I'm Dan. I've been pretty much in relationships for the last 13 years. I've had my fair share of good and bad experiences along the way and I'm joined by my old university flatmate Tom. I've known him for over 10 years now. Time flies when you're having fun and he's currently facing the challenge of the ever-changing dating world. He would regard himself as properly, I mean properly single. It was confirmed this week that the Prime Minister Boris Johnson was self-isolating again and when I, when I lived with Tom and I lived with Tom in the good old university years, he'd self-isolate quite a lot actually. You'd hear the door close, you'd notice that a bunch of the toilet roll had gone, and you'd say, yep, yep, that's it, yep, we won't see him for about 14 days now. How are you, mate? Hello, Dan, how are you? I don't know what you're trying to suggest there. I was just um, I was just adding extra insulation to our house at the time. It was bloody freezing, that house. Do you we, remember when we lost the boiler that year? I do, and it was snowing outside, and... Um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, you'd got. We had, I had like two duvets, but you'd walk around in shorts and, and, <laughs> yeah. those, and those UV leg warmers that we got for a fancy dress party one year that you continue to wear for the entire week that we were about heating. Well, they kept me warm for it. They were yours from memory, and you gave them to me. You were like, yeah, for for the love of God, just cover your legs, man. I know, I knew it was bad one morning. I woke up and I could see my breath. I was like, Jesus Christ. But yeah, that's what I was using the tissue for, mate. Just extra warmth at night. Nothing to do with um, anything you might be thinking of, you dirty sod. You uh, you look like you come out of a Wham music video. Yeah, yeah. Choose life. I choose to stay in my room. Right. I thought we'd start this week by asking a simple question what's your favorite and talking about wham and those great music videos of of yesteryear what's oh, like your classic. favorite what's your favorite 80s tune an old-time classic we know I, I don't know about you but i really miss a night out the, the opportunity you know me to cut a few shapes yeah. on the dance floor and there'll be those bangers that get you up on the dance floor i mean you tom are from the dark ages is is that is that a fair <laughs> fair comment to make um yeah what, yeah what would you go to what would you what would you go to kind of your go-to classic obviously we were speaking about our uni days there used to love a trip to um well it's now called pop world i think but what was it called back in the day reflex reflex yeah that was that was a banging night 80s tunes all the way just dancing on that pole and the uh, the disco lights beneath us that was that was brilliant <laughs> In terms of my favourite eighties song, I think at the moment, and it's probably because it was recent, um, one one tune always gets me up and sort of doing my dad dancing attempts is Earth, Wind and Fire, September, because that is just as soon as you hear it, it's like da -da 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 -da. you're like yes, and then you start doing that sort of dad move where you just jaw move your hips and your arms at the same time and slowly make your way to the dance floor. I'd say probably that is one of the classics that I'm loving at the moment. I would go as far as saying that that song is my favourite song ever. Oh wow, that's a bold call there. Yeah, it's a great tune. It's 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 a great great tune. They, you can't not get on the dance. Talking about those good old days in a reflex. Do you remember once when we went there and we were the only people in there? And you should just have a, <laughs> yep. have a couple of quiet casual drinks. No, no, straight for the pole. Yeah, yeah, we we own that pole. 
that night, I remember. What was there, about eight or ten of us in there? Not even that, about six of us, wasn't there? Yeah, was it? <laughs> it was literally the bartender, <laughs> us six, and, it, and, and but three of us were like swinging off the pole at once. Yeah, yeah, there, there was quite a few attempts at multiple polling, which I felt was quite impressive at the time. Three of us were swinging off the pole and the other three were uh, throwing pound coins at us. Because in, in the good old student days, you could buy a drink with a pound, as yeah. opposed to the seven, eight quid you need now, at least. Uh, another one, Don't Stop Believing Journey, of course. I mean... Oh, classic. I mean, that song was obviously made, kind of uh, exploded back onto the scene and, and made popular with a complete new generation uh, of music fans because of the job that Glee, that the American TV show, did with it. I would like to think, Tom Taylor, that we loved that song, the original by Journey, way before Glee made it popular again. You know, we are connoisseurs of that <laughs> time of music. Obviously, Don't Stop Believing was a great tune during, that, during our uni years. I think that was chaos more than reflex, but yeah, I mean, we are we are music connoisseurs of that time, that classic seventies, eighties time where rock and pop were were king of the king of the pops, if you were. But I don't think it has anything to do with Glee whatsoever, and it's uh, fantastic renditions of brilliant tunes. I, I, I was a fan of Glee as well. I've got to be honest. I'm a I'm a man for all things. You know that. Uh, speaking of um, old things that we love, that we adore, could you love? Could you adore, Tom, an older woman? Ooh, what, to, what in, a, uh, in a kissy, cuddly, loving kind of way? In a kissy, cuddly poke? Ooh, yeah. I mean, I think I could. I'm, I'm, I mean, I got told my thoughts on this podcast are very narrow-minded and stubborn at times, but I think I'm pretty open. So I'm going to say, yeah, why not? Well, this week on It's Not A Man's World podcast, our topic, our focus is mind the gap, the age gap. Should we even care about an age gap when it comes to relationships? If two people from different generations come together, should it be frowned upon? Tom, off the bat, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I. it's a, it's a weird one, isn't it, really? Because... There are natural age gaps where you think it's kind of acceptable, but we're obviously going to talk about sort of age gaps where we think it's a little bit eh, not sure about it. There's always question marks around whether people love each other of a different generation. But uh, you know me, I'm a I'm a lover, not a fighter. And if it, and if it works, then then why not? You'll take I'm, I'm, anything. You will take anything. Well, as judged by the description of every star of the podcast, then yes, I will take anything at this stage. And if, if it's a 78-year-old Vera who likes long walks down Clacton Pier, then I'm going for it. I think people choose to look at age gap relationships with suspicion. Uh, I think they think there's yeah. an element of exploitation, maybe, especially when the older party in the relationship is a man. Straight away, you're thinking, oi, oi. She must be putting out. People maybe look at it as being uncomfortable. Some might even go as far as saying it's a little bit creepy. One thing for one sex, one thing for the other. Where do you stand on that? See, I'm, I'm not so sure about that because you do get, obviously you do get that where you, you look at younger women with older men and you think, oh, they're after their money. But then you get it on the other side where, where there's an older woman and a younger man and it's like, oh, she's a cougar. You know, she's she's trying to tame this young person to keep a little bit of 
I don't know, youth, vitality in her life. But Tom, that's not seen as creepy, though, is it? That's seen as, oh, all right. Well, I guess it's slightly less so, but I, I think it still is a little bit. I think if you knew of an older woman, say, and she was with a younger man, and it'd be seen as like that that fella's her toy boy or whatever, you'd still be like, uh, you'd feel slightly uncomfortable with it, I think, regardless. I think there's there are both sides of the of the sword, if you were where where you, you see an older person with a with a young, a significantly younger person. And we're talking we're talking like generations gaps as well. And you just think, mm, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure how that's gonna work in the long term. You can't always uh, help who you fall in love with. If you're on the same page, if you're on the same page with where you want your life to go and what you're looking for in that relationship, um, then it's all good, isn't it? I think for me, the line can be drawn when they could be your parent. That's just weird. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that. I think that's a bit weird. I also. I also think there's that sort of age where. So it's not quite 20, 30 years where you start getting the parents, but it's like sort of that 10, 15 year age gap where, where you're asked if you're like a, an aunt or an uncle, you know, that sort of in between age where they're not sure what they think they are. I think that's also dodgy territory as well, because you get you get asked all sorts of weird questions like the classic one with that big age gap is like, oh, is this your son or daughter? But if it, if they say like, oh, is it is it your aunt or your uncle? Where well, you're meant to be slightly younger, that's that's a bit weird for them. Mm, mm. Got a story. There's a woman who married a man thirty years her senior. I think this is a story come from the states that I saw as uh, we were planning for this podcast. Uh, married a man thirty years her senior has revealed that her family has accused her of trying to replace her father, uh, while her husband has admitted that his adult daughter is horrified by the romance and so his his family don't want to talk to him her family are accusing her of trying to replace <laughs> bit weird trying oh, to replace Jesus. her father with the guy that she's now married to it, it so often gets messy and the lines get blurred actually when other people get involved and you get the opinions of family and close friends they're the ones that choose to so often judge you they don't judge your relationship when you're going out with someone your age. This thrown in as well. People are constantly wanting to have their say on every part of your life. And if you allow them to, and if you listen to them, then it becomes, it becomes awkward. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I think you've got to realize that whatever relationship you're in, whether it's with someone of the right age or not the right age, your age or of a completely different age, you're always going to get, people criticizing you or they're not happy about a particular thing that that the relationship involves you know you've got many dynamics in your life and if just the issue around age will naturally cause a further issue just because it's so different you know it's let, let's be honest there's not many sort of older younger relationships like we're talking about that probably a exist and then b furthermore succeed so yeah, that story is, I could sort of understand how that happens because people in the family naturally care about you. If they see someone who they perceive isn't perhaps what they think their their partner to their their their, their loved one should be, then they're going to get involved and think it's a bit weird. And I think if a woman of 30, is marrying someone 30 years older, then it could be seen as a bit of 
perhaps parental issue and, and the other way around if a, if a man old married a woman of I don't know 30 40 years yeah mummy's boy absolutely people can be happy though I mean you look at I don't know 25 years the gap between Michael Douglas and Catherine Zeta-Jones and they seem great and as far as I know without seeing it in person myself I understand Michael has no issues in getting it up so you guys carry on oh wow well, I, I didn't want to know that during the podcast that Michael Douglas has no issue in getting it up, to be honest. That is, that is one probably, that's probably the most high profile, you'd say. I don't know if there's any any other big Hollywood couples that have such an age gap. But yeah, they seem to get on all right. But then, remember, Hollywood's a hell of a drug, so maybe they're just off their faces on Valium all the time. You, you're a bit Hollywood, Tom. One of the great secrets, kind of shrouded mysteries of of university life was... I always used to ask myself, how old is Tom? <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you mean by that? When was it? When was your birthday? And how <laughs> well, old yeah. are you? These are two things that we never referenced at university and I've never really referenced since. I've like planned for night. Oh, Tom, we're going to do something for your birthday this year. And then it would all go very quiet. What year? How old are you this year, Tom? Uh-huh. And again, shrouded in, in mystery. So that's very Hollywood. I've got to say, of you, Tom Taylor. It's part of my charm, mate. I just, I just keep you all sort of vaguely interested in a potential birthday and a potential birth year, and it also, it also leaves me open, you see, to potential romances with someone who's slightly older or slightly younger than me. So I mean, so I'm thinking, and I've got working late last night, so I'm recording this a little bit tired. Like, yeah. So I'm sat there off the top of my head. I'm gonna say your age. Thirty. Hang on, hang on, hang on. 33. Oh, you're so close. Two. So close. 32. 32, yeah. 30, everyone, everyone now knows my age. 32. So how, yes. what, what's the oldest you go up to in a relationship? You find somebody that you're on the same page with, you obviously have that physical attraction to, you get on, you tick a lot of the right boxes. Whatever you're looking for in a relationship, the only issue is... She is of an older age, a significantly older age. What would you go up to at the age of 32? How old is your upper limit? So when I, when I thought about this, I've always thought, well, I'm quite immature for 32, so I don't think I'd go that much higher. I'd probably say my limit would be 35. So no, even that, so no real age gap? No, no. I, I, I don't know if it's my ego or, again, a little bit of immaturity, but... I don't think I could go with an older woman. I don't know. I just feel, I don't know. It just, it, it's one of those weird ones for me where I just, maybe I've got mummy syndrome, who knows, but I wouldn't go with, with someone who's like 37, 38 and is basically ready to, to have kids and is, it's just basically got their life settled. No, no, you need to be a mess like me. So what I think I'd go. What about older than that though, Tom? What about older than that? Somebody that's maybe already had kids. So you're, okay. Okay. So the point, the point of your question is, do you think you could satisfy an older woman. Oh yeah, oh yeah, of course. You know, give it, give me the chance with any female, and I'm satisfied. Don't worry about that. Don't window. The way you but said no, that, I, didn't like that. It, I, I did not, I did not like that. <laughs> That's all right, mate. You can have a shower after the podcast and wash it away. It's fine. Uh, someone who's older and had kids, maybe. Again, like like you said previously, it does depend on the sort of bond that you have, and there's. You will have a connection. You, you can have a connection with anyone, to be honest. But I don't know. I think 
I think I'd always go around my age or younger. I, I just, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't see a long-term or even a short-term relationship for that matter working with someone who's of a slightly older age. It's also, I guess, important to mention that what does it mean age gap wise for gay and lesbian relationships? You know, when you look within the LGBT yeah. community, sometimes one may, uh, one part of the relationship, one male in the relationship may be significantly older than the other. Same goes for a lesbian relationship as well. And I think it's fair to say that, that sometimes those relationships can have different goals to a relationship between mixed sexes, men and females who may be thinking, well, we need to be get together and married for a certain amount of time before we go on to then try and have some kids. Uh, where obviously a gay or a lesbian relationship are thinking differently. They, If they're wanting to have kids, they can adopt at whatever age. They might be a little bit older. It, it, I get the sense from people in my life that are, uh, are gay, they don't mind as much. They, it doesn't see, feel as important or as significant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I, I don't have anyone particularly close from the LGBT community that I speak to about sort of that style of relationship in terms of age. But what what I would say is probably if, if you are LGBT is that you already have that sort of potential stigma or judgment put upon you. Two things I'll say. I think actually now it, society is about as accepting as it's ever been. And I think that is absolutely oh yeah vital yeah. and important and brilliant to see actually that i think people are as accepting of whatever decisions um people want to make whether that is that they choose to come out as gay so i think that's fantastic and also i think we could maybe all learn a little bit from um those in the lgbtq community when they get into relationships they just look for happiness that's what they want and all the yeah. other background noise and what people deem as important or not as important or the judgment that people can receive because they're going out with someone a little bit older or younger than them that's all just swept away they do not care if that person whatever age whatever background whatever creed whatever religion makes them happy then they're going to invest everything into that relationship but actually i think maybe we should all be a little bit more open to that what a wonderful sentiment Dan Wendell. I, I wholeheartedly agree I think we could probably end the podcast right there, to be honest. We should never do one again. That's as good as it <laughs> Yeah, that's it. That's it. We've cured it. Just be happy. But no, I, I, I agree that it doesn't, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter about any sort of potential worry or barrier that may be put in your way. If, if you genuinely have a bond with someone, regardless of any characteristic in their life, which may not be necessarily what you're used to or whatever you're societal circle is expecting of you know you'll you'll find your way through i think the testament of sort of love to be a bit cheesy is that you do you do get to that that stage where if you if you genuinely love someone for who they are what they are and everything in between then you'll you'll get through any sort of potential social or any dilemma that that may come your way as always we'd love to hear from you your thoughts on age gaps in relationships have you got involved with someone there's been a significant age gap how's it gone uh, let us know uh, you can either email us at it's not a man's world podcast at gmail.com or drop us a tweet at not a man's podcast let's bring in the other voice on our podcast now who somehow this week persuaded me to spend tom 14 pounds 14 pounds on a christmas candle oh wow <laughs> 
nice early purchase there in November. 14 pound. How big is this candle, by the oh, way? Tom, the thing better smell of pigs in blankets. That'll, <laughs> no, scrap that. The thing better make us some pigs in blankets. Yeah, yeah, for 14 quid, I agree. The only pigs and blankets you can get for 14 quid. Anyway, I'm, I'm getting off topic. Here she <laughs> is. Here's the girlfriend. Uh, I only really think it matters age gaps when it bothers the people in the relationship so obviously loads of people have opinions on age gaps and there might be some obstacles to overcome when you first get together but the only people which really matters to should be the people in the relationship now saying that society has very different expectations for men and women so if you're an older woman with a younger man you're seen as a bit of a milf um a bit you know just like mrs robinson but if it's an older man it can be seen as quite pervy, so like a Hugh Hefner type. So I definitely think there's sort of variations of it depending on your gender. Whether that's right or not, I don't know, but, you know, an age gap is an age gap. Family's opinion does matter, because I feel like if I were to bring someone home who was, what, 20, 30 years older than me, my dad would be like, okay, this guy is my age, and it would be a little bit weird. But, you know, there's some families that might not care about age differences. So they might be like, you know what, that's fine. As long as you're happy and the person you're with makes you happy, then I'm happy as well. I personally couldn't date someone my dad's age. I just think it's a little bit... like. But saying that, though, like, look at some celebrities you fancy. You might fancy Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt's near my dad's age. Would that be weird? Would it be weird to do Brad Pitt? No. Well, that's the girlfriend having her say, revelation time. I think she might be the first person ever to call Hugh Hefner creepy. Really? No, no, it's very sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is a shock. I, I'm, I'm still in awe of the, uh, the 14 quid that was, that was spent on the candle. I hope that has many messages of Christmas love on it as it burns through and gives sage advice for particularly relationships of a certain age. Uh, I've absolutely, it won't even last 14 days, let's be honest. She'll be burning it left, right, <laughs> and centre. Uh, right, time now for our newest feature that we're bringing to you this season. We call it Sex Flicks and Chill, those TV shows, maybe films that go above and beyond to address modern day relationship issues. And as always on this podcast, the more peculiar, the better for us. This one, Tom, could be the best of the lot. This is incredible. Okay, ready. Sex sent me to the ER. Okay. <laughs> It's an American reality TV show that aired on channel TLC back in 2013. The show features actors who reenact various real-life accidents that occurred during sex. Episodes included segments (laughs) on a £440 man who put his £1,010 girlfriend's head through a wall. (laughs) Sorry, what? Hang on, hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Go back there. So you said £440 man. Did you say the woman was £1,010? £110. Oh, £110. Oh, blimey. So she was basically a quarter. She was like a quarter of him. Jesus. Put her head through a wall and a man who broke his penis while having sex with his wife, his wife and girlfriend, both turned up at the emergency room, subsequently getting in a fight in the waiting room. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I've got to check this out. Now, that, that seems like proper, proper TV. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Can you imagine, like, you turn around to your parents and go, oh, yeah, I've got my first job, my, my first job in acting. Oh, brilliant. What is it? Little piece in a film? Oh, no, no. It's um, 
in this uh, reality show, Sex Sent Me to the ER and playing a 440-pound man. <laughs> Imagine that. Going back home and saying, what's your job today? Yeah, I just smashed my girlfriend's head through the wall. Oh, nice. nice. What have you got tomorrow? Um, basically, my penis gets chopped off tomorrow and my wife and girlfriend turn up at the hospital. Oh, lovely, lovely. Unbelievable this, right? A few other stories, Tom. One guy so keen to get going... He grabbed the wrong tube and yep. then discovered that his hand had effectively been welded to his manhood. Instead of lube, what did he grab for? Yes, super glue. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. When, when you said wrong tube there for a second, I thought you meant he was getting on the Northern and ended up on the Bakerloo or something like that. But the fact that, oh, God. Do you go to the hospital with that? Are you stuck to oh, your, to your yeah. manhood? Do you, do you walk in with your hand and your trousers and go, well, this is currently happening. Can you can you get it to move away? Where else would you go? I, I'm just trying to think what you can... I don't know. I'm just imagining the embarrassment on the tube as your hand's halfway down your trousers as you, as you make your way to the hospital. Well, I'm just, saying that you'd be never be so grateful that you, um, that you took driving lessons and that you were able to drive to the hospital instead. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you well, would need help somebody would have to do obviously the, i mean in america they obviously drive automatic but here i don't really know how you do it because you've obviously got yeah. your one hand driving yeah your other hand would normally take care of the uh the gears but that hand is quite busy so <laughs> it's, on another, it's on another gear uh, it's on another gear knob for sure here's another one for you this show unbelievable um, wanted, this, this guy wants to be a bit more adventurous, a, a couple bit wanting to be a little more adventurous. A man indulged in a little outdoor sex with his wife. The result was, though, that he had to go to ER because a tiny, a tiny, tiny lizard somehow managed to crawl. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, no. up, up his man bit. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, that's the nightmare. That is the actual nightmare. You know they talk about in um, in foreign countries those little fishes that go up your up your gear stick. Oh Jesus! That ta- that I, is taking. I don't ta- have time to go up there. Surely, surely it's busy. That is taking sexual transmitted diseases to a whole new level. <laughs> I was just going to say, how did it have time to get up there? Surely you were busy putting it in safekeeping inside of something. Oh, I don't know. He got he, he got he got wedged in the thrust. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> His first attempt at thrusting just put it straight in the ground. Oh, sorry. No, that's right. It's not there. Oh God, bloody hell! What show this is, by the way? It's, well, it's, what was the re- what was the reenactment of that like? Was he just rolling around the floor in agony? I mean, some of the biggest careers in America have been launched off this show. <laughs> Jerry Tribbiani, for one. You'll be surprised to know that Matthew McConaughey started his career on Sex <laughs> Sent Me to the ER. He captivated in his role of man with lizard up his junk. <laughs> Excuse me, Doc, I've got something up my chuff. And that set him off. That set him off. Yeah, Christopher Nolan went, he's the guy I want to play lead role, <laughs> lead role in the film that nobody understood Interstellar. I wonder if that's how Michael Bay got his uh, breakthrough, just putting a few explosions in the background when something was disastrous is about to happen sexually. Oh, brilliant. Sex sent me to the ER. That's our uh, show this week on Sex Flicks and Chill. Oh, Incredible. It, it, a, mu- a must watch. Tom, take it, take a watch. Find it, a bit of it online, mate. Find it and let us know what you think. Uh, let's will. finish 
this week with a bit of Dear Dumbass. Tom, what you got for us? Well done, Wendell. As always, I've done my best to go through the many mailings we have to pick out a brilliant Dear Dumbass story, and I think I've got one. Dear Dumbass, I caught my husband having sex with my mum, and now I'm broken. Oh, my God. How would you, how would you go about that? Speechless. <laughs> all, all I saw there was just your head just nodding in, in shock. Well, shaking in shock, really. I just go on then. Yeah. Give us, give us the details. I will do. Do do we want names as always? I think it's important. So I think got... it's important that you that you really yeah. sell it. Yeah. Okay, so we've obviously got the husband and wife, and then obviously, uh, dearest mum, dearest banging mum. So uh, let's go with. Uh, I'll name the husband. I'll go with um, Derek. Do you want to go with the wife? Roseanne. Roseanne, nice. And the uh, I'm going to go with the mum, Kathleen. Slut. <laughs> wow, that's that's a strong call right there. Okay, so um, Kathleen caught Derek. Uh, sorry, Roseanne. Oh God, the names are getting confused already. <laughs> Roseanne caught Derek having <laughs> sex with Kathleen. Roseanne is 23 and Derek is 28. They have three children and they've been married for seven years. Roseanne got pregnant when she was 16, but they've loved each other like a good, loving couple do. And Derek was quite happy to settle down, apparently. But at the time, Derek found it hard. And I think since he was quite young, he enjoyed drinking with his mates and going out a bit. His lifestyle didn't really change, but Roseanne's was totally different. She was looking after the three kids that they had really young. But Derek has a high sex drive and his ever mind seemed to disappear. That mine, not mine. I mean, Roseanne. Um, after the second baby, Derek often complains that Roseanne puts the children before Derek's sexual needs. Derek works as a scaffolder in the event business, and of course, there's not been much work since March due to the lockdown. They've had to give up their rented house and they've had to move in with Kathleen. Kathleen is 39 and divorced. Wow, she's young. And Kathleen obviously used to help Roseanne out with the kids anyway. Anyway, recently, Derek's drinking and going out with his mates has stopped, and he's stopped complaining about, you know, the old rumpy pumpy as much he's a scaffolder that misses erections he's got he's yep. no erections in his life since march <laughs> he's, he's struggling he's struggling but he seems to have calmed down recently he, he seems to be okay you know the drinking stopped he's not well, stopped we, know going why, out Tom. we know what's coming well, we're about to find out roseanne start, started to get some thoughts about what might be going on but she tried to put them to one side to think no this is not really happening and then one day she caught them out when she was planning to meet a friend in the park. But one of the younger children fell sick, so she decided to come back home. Roseanne could hear loud noises from upstairs. And then when she opened the door, guess who was there? Derek and Kathleen having it away like there's no tomorrow. Uh, Roseanne says it's clear they've been having sex, but she can't say for certain, so she doesn't know. But apparently she screamed at them both and told Derek to get out of the house and to never come back. He's now gone to stay with a friend of his and has probably started drinking again. Kathleen keeps apologising and saying, sorry, but Roseanne just can't get over it. What does she do? I mean, honestly, this guy, can't ever allow him back in your house. I mean, I'm not condoning affairs or cheating in any way at all. Three kids. They've been together since she was 16. The guy's a fucking horny prick. I know, I know. Unbelievable. Wow. The mother. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I love your face there. In Victorian times, you that, that's like you have their arm off for that. <laughs> I don't think it was acceptable in the Victorian times. But this yeah. is like scandalous. Be like, your punishment is that we're going to lop your right arm off. <laughs> Imagine that, right? Arm off. You, you can't, you can't touch her ever again. Like, I mean, why would you do that? Kathleen has had you... a shocker as well, hasn't she? Oh yeah, of course. But that, let's, I, I think the, the center of the blame here is Derek. Oh uh, yeah, he, he should never be allowed to step back in that house. I'm frustrated sexually, so I'm just going to go and see your mum. I think that's just, that's all levels of wrong. Oh, we're under lockdown. I can't get out the house. Oh, I haven't been able to put up, an, I haven't been able to deal with any erection since March. The work's dried up. <laughs> what could I do? Oh, it's either the mother or, or one of the poles. Or one of the poles where I go out into the back garden in the cold and just tug one out because it's going to have to be the mother <laughs> oh, it's dreadful though but we've, we've got to give we've got to give some advice to uh, to Roseanne now I think I think your sort of statement seems pretty clear you, you're saying no more Derek ban Derek Derek needs to do one okay cool I'm happy to go with that I'd, I'd say right Derek is done Derek Walk out the door. is done but what about what about the relationship with your mum though? Like your mum's your mum's your mum's just suddenly banged your your husband. I mean that's I mean, that's we are confronting some very uh, different ground here. Yes, um, yeah. I, I'd like to think this isn't a problem that many people out there have to face up to. No, but we've still got to solve it though. We've still got to resolve it. Um, I would say it's going to be very difficult to repair that relationship, but um, over time, I think it's important you don't burn all the bridges. Especially if they're staying there because they've got nowhere else, nowhere else to stay, they can't afford, you know, because of financial issues or whatever, and they're staying with her. Mm. Um, I, I would say if if there's only going space for one of them in your life, it's probably going to have to be the mother, isn't it? Yeah, I would say so. Um, particularly if she's brought you in, maybe maybe the mum uh, cruelly thought it was a way of payment to uh, bring them all back in. I don't know. Oh, how, <laughs> what is it for a for a room in the travel lodge nowadays? <laughs> a good deal, can't hey, you? Get a room for about forty nine ninety nine or something. I'm going to get my forty nine ninety nine out of you. <laughs> yeah, basically, Dan. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you stay, but I'll have pickings of your husband, please. Thank you very much. But they should have got that in writing before they moved in. Yes. Ah, uh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Always look at the contract. That that is one life lesson. Always look at the contract. It's amazing sometimes what they put in the fine print. Yeah. I mean, do you remember when we moved into our uni place, we had a man in the middle of the kitchen floor. So yeah. we, we didn't read the contract properly. He was he was just there. The we, first day, for people that didn't know, we, we move in first day, walk in, all of us with our bags, ready to move in. We had plans to maybe invite a few people over, didn't we? And walk in and we walk in. a few mums around to classic. Walk into the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. But okay, yeah, let's move on from that subject <laughs> after what we've just been talking about. <laughs> that's even that's uncomfortable even for this podcast um, <laughs> hole in the kitchen kitchen floor with just a guy there with his head sticking out and he was like afternoon i was like afternoon you're right there pal he's going oh you're moving in today and we're like what's giving you that impression <laughs> look at us with our stuff we've, we've just got all our bags here just looking around just seeing how they fit in the place really did it all in a day though the work didn't he and at the end we went yeah, oh, as a thank you like oh do you want a tinny to take away and he goes oh no i've got diabetes 
that's all I remember. That's oh, all I remember. We were just offering him stuff, and he said, "No, I can't because of the diabetes." I can't. I can't. And we, and the, at the very least, we didn't want him keeling over on our no. That's true. Or on day one. I mean, he would have been a hell of a weight to drag out as well. Absolutely, so. absolutely. And there was nowhere to bury him in the back garden either. No, no. Might give Kathleen a call, maybe get her advice on that. Yeah. I reckon that's the next stage of what's going to happen. Oh, God. Derek is done. That's all the time we've got again this week. Really enjoyed that, mate. Thanks to everyone for listening. Remember, you can catch all our previous episodes on Acast and Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe, rate and review the podcast if you can just search it's not a man's world podcast as always we hope you stay safe out there and next week big debate this one who should take charge tom we live in modern times different times so should the men take the lead anymore girls love their independence we'll get into this tom next week won't we yes we will and we will decide once and for all who deserves to lead you love being dominated anyway don't you Oh, yeah, we've made that abundantly clear. Uh, We'll get into that next week. See you soon. See ya.